This is the podcast where we get the inside scoop on everyday people. We find out how they think, problem solve, manage their time, and how they navigate tricky situations. We ask the questions that you always wonder about the people in your life, but never get to ask. This is the podcast where you gain that insight. We don't live in a silo. We're not on our own. So let's talk about it and connect. Welcome to the Insight Catalyst podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Insight Catalyst podcast. It's been a wee while since I've recorded an episode. I've got some things that I've been really busy with outside of the podcast, but it's great to be back recording. And I'm really excited to have Ray Lee join us this morning uh, to talk about his life and uh, some challenges and things that he faces in his life and how he overcomes them. Ray is a good friend of mine. I lived with him a couple of years ago, so we, we've, we know lots of stories about each other, but also... It's great for him to share that with everybody else. So, Ray, good morning. Thank you for coming on. Good morning. It's a little too early for me, but okay. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll be right. You'll wake up. <laughs> oh, well. How's the new house, man? Like, were you, I think it was probably a year and a half ago, maybe. maybe nah, it's, it's probably, it's actually not even a year yet. Um, so, I haven't had my anniversary yet, but uh, it's going all right. I mean, there are a lot of difficulties, but also kind of enjoyments. Having yeah. and having to own on your own house, is it hard with flatmates in the house when you own it? Ah, uh, yeah, you know, particularly the one that I was talking right now. <laughs> <laughs> nah, just kidding. Yeah. Um. No, nah, not at all. Because I mean, I, I've been kind of living out with someone after high school. You know, uni life is basically just all about flatting. So hey, look, there's no you, trouble. You're used to it. Yeah. So you and you're up on the roof yesterday painting? Yeah, that's right. How yeah. many hours? Oh, well, altogether, probably coming to 20 hours now. <laughs> so, you know, still trucking along. Adds up, eh? Adds painting up. takes forever. Yeah. So you had an interesting high school, really, eh? You, were you born in Taiwan? Yes. And then you came out to New Zealand? or how, yeah, When no, did that happen and how did that happen? Um, so it was back when I was 11. Um, that my family decided to kind of move out into to somewhere. Um, so rather than having the education system back in Taiwan, which is very tough and uh, very competitive, um, that we decided, hey, look, you know, maybe it's not the best, particularly for for my brother, um, who's going through the through a, a phase of kind of rebellion and not so great at studying and all that. So they just decided, hey, look, you know, we, we need a new environment. So let's head out and um, chose a place and hopefully we'll get the best out of and it. And that was New Zealand. Yeah, that was New Zealand. So. so how old were you then? So 11. 11. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it was... Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't remember too much of anything, but you know, uh, uh, I guess recalling back is actually pretty, pretty interesting. It's amazing. I think when I was eleven, I would have no idea what overseas travel was. Well, going to stay with someone else. Yeah, I, I guess we had quite a fortunate background where you know my parents actually travel quite a bit um, for their for their job. 
and so they they will usually take us around so overseas travel is not really that much different to like for example domestic travel mm. for us um but to reside in a new place is quite different so tell me about that you your parents have a t- discussion with you that you're going to move to new zealand yeah you get on the plane what happens next um so we pinpoint a place where we want to go which is new zealand um we did have a very close friend who stayed in Auckland, which is why we decided, hey, New Zealand probably a good place since we can kind of look after each other. But we decided to stay in Christchurch because we still don't like the the big environments of you know big cities where you're most likely not going to one learn English and two not going to I guess kind of get involved with the the new culture. So we got. In, got to Christchurch um states with because my mom actually got a job in uni um Canterbury uni so so we stay in the the dormitory um back then um and that that lasted only probably a year and a bit um and then my I'm trying to think the the sequence in terms of because we moved so so many times um after the dormitory you move out since found a place to rent and later on hey look you know my brother got into high school and my parents was like oh now you guys can just you know fly by your own wings and you know you guys can stay here and see you later wow <laughs> so that was that about two years yeah so two, two, two years, years two years and, and a bit right um so yeah that's that's pretty much it so wow like, like after that we went to a, a we don't say boarding school as as such, but we w- went to a, a Kiwi homestay, um, and that was that was very very interesting but challenging too. Challenging in what way? Because I I'm only well I was thirteen, um, and having to kind of grow up in a, a household who doesn't speak your language. Um, and their whole culture is different to yours. It's yeah, it's it gets to you. Mm. Um, for example, like the the idea of going out, going out um, after schools. Usually, we'll just stay at home and you know study some more and uh, do other stuff, but. Their, their rationale is, hey, look, you know, you should go outside. You should do after after school um, activities and all that stuff. And that's that's just like, well, I don't really care. Um, like I don't I don't really want to do those things. <laughs> um, and I guess back in the days, I played a lot of kind of games as well. So that's one thing. That I thought originally, I was like, "Oh man, this is so good because I can play games all the time," because no one really restrict us. Um, and even the Kiwi Homestay, they they didn't really restrict us that much. We can just play games all the time. But afterwards, it's just like, man, this is actually kind of bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For studies and yeah, for and studying all grades. that stuff. Yeah, and I, I and also I guess kind of communicating with with um like for me it, it wasn't too much of a problem but i can see from my brother that he struggled a lot um 
that's having a, a, a English conversation, um, kind of just whenever you want. It's more difficult than than he thought, and mm. sometimes I I do that too, and you get quite fearful for what you're saying because well, you can't. That's that's a problem with communication. Is a lot of times when you speak something, it's hard to take it back, and you <laughs> yeah. do say the wrong thing, and then even though you apologize afterwards. They'll be like, oh, why did he say that? <laughs> Do you think the challenges and what you overcame when you were so young and moving out to New Zealand yeah. set you up for success later on? Um, I guess so. I didn't really think of it as that. That you know, my my childhood's challenges are yes, challenging, but like it it doesn't really reflect too much to my kind of day-to-day living um it's more to do i guess my i I do have a a personality that's really kind of relaxed i i like being relaxed and i don't like any like if there's something i'll just solve i'll just try and solve it rather than arguing with oh this is too hard this is mm. not good and all that stuff i'll just go and do it you just get on with it yeah just get on with it um so I, I guess more and more that as i grow older uh that that kind of sense kind of fades away a little bit right. so you wouldn't change anything no nah, i wouldn't I, I don't think it changes too much even if i'm back in taiwan even if i didn't move out here I think how I live my life will be pretty much the same, regardless of the challenges that I had mm-hmm. in childhood. Unless it's very, very major, that will change my perspective, but not really changing, I guess, my, like, the way that I live my life. Yeah. Yeah. I will only change my perspective, but in terms of... Yeah, living is just the same. It's so true. Yeah. You mentioned that there's a difference with what kids do after school. So oh, yeah. In Taiwan, they might study and do some more work or education, whereas yeah. in New Zealand, they might go out and ride their bike or yeah. play sport or something. Yeah. What well, other differences are there to life in Taiwan to compared to New Zealand? I guess the, the, the life in Taiwan, I would say it's actually not too bad. But then again, like I'm, I'm only up to the elementary um, level compared to a lot of people that came out later on. Um, but for me, it's, it, it's just convenient. So life in, back in Taiwan is very convenient in all things. For example, if you want to grab something, you just grab it. Um, and it will be 24-7. You can do that all the time. Um, and of course, if we're just kind of relating to the school, um, Extra extracurricular here is very it's it's much favorite um, mm. compared to your school back in Taiwan. Um, that's why that became a, a, a little shock to me. Where you know the parents are pushing people out to do sports and all that, whereas for us back in Taiwan, we'll be like, well, are you going to play with a with the team, team sports, nah, you should just go and, you know, go to Korean class and <laughs> Korean schools and, you know, you should be learning another language as, as such and um, do something that is not necessarily an outdoor thing. Mm. 
Yeah. So they don't favor sports that much. Yeah. But that's most most likely because like Taiwanese are not like they don't put much emphasis on sports at all. Since we got no really that much funding for sports, whereas you know Kiwis sports are huge, yeah, big part of our lives. Yeah, and big culture. part, big part. Yeah. What about your weekends in Taiwan? What do people tend to do? Is it more study or do they more study? Yeah, yeah, for sure, more study. So Saturdays, like as far as I know, I'm I'm very lucky. I'm really lucky because my parents doesn't put us into that kind of pressure where you have to. Go to your cram school, but I know a lot of of my friends does, and that's only elementary. So if you think about high school, where there's more work, more school work, um, and more emphasis on on the actual score of your tests, then they will just spend their whole weekend in cram school. That's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. So do you think coming here, and I don't want to use the word lazy. But do you think people can be a bit more lazy or <laughs> for want of a better word? I wouldn't say lazy. I would say I'll still use that word relaxed. So they are more relaxed. relaxed. Um, and they don't put too much. F- like they have, I guess a lot of people will kind of agree with me in terms of coming from an Asian country because as a Asian country, we don't really have, we don't develop our own thinking until much later on, probably in uni or even when you get out of uni. Whereas in foreign country or out outside of Asian countries, that people are more free to think and develop what they wanted to do. Um, so that's the major, I guess, major change compared to you know, me growing up in Taiwan and me growing up here mm. is that I can choose what I wanted to do. Although it's a, it's, it's a bit difficult because, you know, you, you still want to fulfill um, your parents' kind of expectation as well. So, oh, Asian, and unless they are really, really abnormal, <laughs> um, that you're most likely gone to the track of becoming either a teacher, a doctor, or, 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 like, uh, um, or army dude. Mm. So that's, that's the three things that we always say in Taiwan, that if you get into any of those, you'll do well. I think there's some, it may not be as prevalent, but I think there's a feeling in New Zealand that you do have to impress your parents and you do have to do your parents proud and get a good job and do this and do that. And there might be a pressure of, following something which may not be your 100 percent passion yes correct even here and that's a big challenge right and yeah. i think it's becoming more and more i'm seeing more posts on instagram and conversations about that mm. people are becoming a little bit more aware of it here as well it's kind of strange though because i guess the society now nowadays are more challenging and it's it's more to like you can't survive without your parents at the moment because well, it's tough to get into housing stuff and, you know, the, there are challenges that you really can't do it by yourself. And so, and so you know, you, you grow more reliant on your parents. So if you do, don't do well, well, who, who are you to say, you know, that's... Mm-hmm. 
you guys have been successful and they're a a massive influence yeah they are massive eh? yeah they are massive influence you've come to new zealand you've gone through since you were 11 you've gone through new zealand education you've been to uni here you're currently working as a pharmacist in the hospital which you're doing so well in you study as well so you've got full-time work and you were studying last year how do you balance that how do you balance a busy life of work in a hectic hospital with everything else going on you don't you adapt to it yeah yeah so it's it's a uh, it's almost impossible to try and balance things um because you do have well especially if you have a schedule of studying um then there will be times where there will be a, a lot of work during that period of time so you have to adapt to us rather than ba- trying to balance out because well you can't you can't just leave your leave your study for a period of time saying hey look you know I need to balance out with my work but um, you just have to try and make time for for the amount of work, the amount of study if you're not studying full time but if you are working part-time studying full-time you just have to get the priority right Mm. um and of course you you have to work extra hard um it's not it's not like you're just well you get it and you're hope hope for the best that you'll pass i don't think there's a magic bullet eh? no there there is no work harder no there is no magic bullets and when you're trying to and for me like as a working person um and going back to study it, it gets it gets harder and harder each time you do go back cuz well you just don't you don't absorb as much your brains are slow you're just getting older and older <laughs> um and you, you lack of the energy to do anything else after work um but there is that's that's why probably having another person or having people that you know that does similar things or have the same mentality as you as um kind of studying yeah as in kind of studying at the same time as working that will help you a little bit in terms of a little bit stress dis- distraction mm. yeah I love how we can run together, like you and yeah. me, and um, other people we know. We can go out for runs, and yeah. that's a massive stress relief. Yeah, oh, and for we're, sure. We're very, we work in different fields, but we're we're very similar in our motivations yeah. and beliefs. Eh? So, yeah. So I, I think in terms of the mindsets, as long as you can find someone that has similar mindsets, it doesn't matter what they do, because their their core, their fundamental are relatable to you so it doesn't really matter too much so i'm in education you're in pharmacy what does your typical day look like so from nine till five you get to work take us through a normal day a normal day is is pretty pretty simple i guess go to work because i'm a war pharmacist um or you can call it clinical pharmacist i work on the ward um and so like i will be in the dispensary for the first hour just to help out the dispensary staff um 
and I will go up to the wards and just check patient's file, see if there's any changes overnight and see if there's new, new patients that came in overnight as well. And just do a reconciliation. So that's the main thing that we do as a pharmacist up on, up on the wards is actually just doing a reconciliation, making sure that they're getting their medication while they are in the hospital and whether they are getting it correctly or not. Um, so that's that's the main thing. So that will take the whole morning. And throughout the day, it will most likely be the same. So I'll be on the wards all day long um, just doing the same stuff. And you deal with a lot with doctors and you do rounds with doctors? Yes. Um, so I, I guess on our typical days, I don't do war rounds. So that's kind of go in a group with the doctors. Um, I do that every Wednesday. But that's yeah, that's only once a week. But I do interact with doctors quite quite often, and not just doctors. It's the whole hospital is a team, so it's it's nurses, your physio, dietitians, and yeah, it's just a, a whole range of people. So um, you, it's it's never boring because every patient is different. It's just like every every everyone is different, and so it's it can be. Either challenging, fun, and uh, depressing sometimes yeah. uh, to work with people that um, that can be a little bit tricky to deal with. Yeah. And seeing some patients and hearing their stories can yes. be scary, but also makes you feel grateful, right, sometimes? Yeah. Oh, for sure. So in a day, you just said that you deal a lot with different people, dietitians, doctors, and things like that. How do you manage doctors particularly who may be consultants or quite high in the hierarchy, how do you manage discussions with them if you disagree or if you think a different course of action is required? That's a really good question because I've always, I guess that this comes to my personality and also my culture as well because from uh, Asian backgrounds, you don't really talk back to your, your uppers. And that kind of embedded into in, into my soul, and it gets quite difficult. Um, even now, I still find it difficult to you know talk to a, a consultant as such. Um, but the the way that I did it, or the way that um, that helped me a lot, is actually getting involved in the team first. You don't have to do anything. And this is basically a, a good opportunity that got kind of just got thrown to me because it was another pharmacist that kind of put me onto the team, which I'm really thankful thankful for, even though it's very daunting at the start. But it's, it, you, you get into the group and you mingle along with the house officers who's more earlier in their careers. You mingle with them, you, you prove that you are worthy um, as part of the team. Eventually, they will talk a lot of good um, for you to their bosses, and their bosses will start to trust. And, and I guess in that indirect relationship, they will trust you as a person. So whenever you think you know there is something wrong, um, Yes, I wouldn't necessarily go straight to the consultant, but I would talk to the house officers and saying, hey, look, there's something that we may be able to change. Um, but they will come back 
to me saying, "Hey, look, I, I will talk to a consultant for you about that." So it's an indirect relationship um, that eventually grow into that's it's more of a of an easier conversation with a consultant um, much later down on the on the track. So now that I, I can talk to consultants. Um, of course, there there are particular consultants I like to talk to, um, but you know they they will also come and ask questions um, if they got questions about it. But to come to that that same question, if I got something, well, if they are doing something that I don't think is right, yes, I will I will kind of speak up saying you know. This can be changed to something else, but this is very rare occurrence because mm. surgical wards don't deal much about well, they don't deal deal medication or medicine as such as much as your medical teams, and so the the likelihood of this happening is very low, but they do happen. Um, but either you don't you tell them straight away, or otherwise you can't always talk to the registrar which you also try to build relationship with so they are the middle um rung of the letter yeah run of the letter yeah you what when i'm listening to that all i'm thinking and here i'm hearing lots of relationship and trust right yes. so that relational trust where you have the competency yeah you're doing it in a respectful way and you're doing it through the relationship yeah exactly that can be applied to any context oh surely. it can so you're busy with work, you're busy with study, on and off, depending on what you've got on, but you also dabble in shares. Now, shares for me, and I, I prefer property, and we have so many conversations about this, because my view can be that property is quite stable, it's tangible, you can see it, um, you can leverage it, whereas your discussions around shares is it's more accessible it's quick it's it, it's related to the economy and bigger pictures and things and you love it my experience is through shares like a lot of new investors jumping on the bandwagon whereas you do something slightly different don't you so i'm interested to know how you go about buying shares because with shares i don't actually have ownership of the share it's through shares that do whereas you directly have ownership of your shares so if i come to you and i want to buy shares and i don't know anything what do i need to know about buying shares where can i go how do i do it yeah it's it's quite hard um of course i've been kind of on on the share trading platform for probably five years or so um so i've been kind of dealing with shares for five years even though i have this massive or lengthy time of dealing with shares there are still so many things i don't know about <laughs> and i'm not an economist and i have very limited time and like most people they were probably doing investing on shares as a as almost like a, a side hustle so i guess there's really the fundamental is that you need to know what kind of investor you are and how much risk you can take so that's a, that's probably the, like the two most important things um that i would say before you jump into shares because share is considered really high risk um it's high rewards as well sometimes 
um, at the moment it's a bit tricky. <laughs> it's no good. It's no good. Um, but yeah, it, it it can be quite rewarding, but at the same time, it can be very depressing for most people. And if you have been jumping on the bandwagon from last year, you'll be oh, you'll be really happy because well, shares has been going up and up and up and up. But there's always a a, a cycle as such. So if you're not a, a trader or if you're a, a gambler as such, then playing shares are basically throwing really a lot of money into a, a hole that you'll never... Mm, a risky get, yeah, situation. Yeah, it's a very risky situation. And I, I think a lot of new, new people that... Well, I wouldn't even say investors because their mindset is not investor. Investor is thinking about the long term and how the company will perform. Whereas a lot of people that jump into, for example, shares is because they are so easily accessible, like you said, mm. that it's hard. They they don't, they just want to, they, they hear stories about other people making a lot of money. And yes, and over the last probably eight months or so, yes, a lot of people made a lot of money, and there are even news coming out saying, "Hey, you know, that that's that's why I don't really like social medias that much because they only talk about the good." But yeah, it's people use it. The new new people that are coming onto shares, they use it as a as a the slot machine. <laughs> They they put some money into it and hope for the best. And, and you need to do you need to do fundamental research. Yeah. And fundamental research is it takes a lot of time. Mm. It's not an easy solution. You have to look at all this like yeah. All and of, fundamental research is looking at a company in depth, yeah, analyzing right. their accounts, analyzing ratios, um, re- 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 uh, earnings, performance, etc., cash flow. Yeah. Whereas technical analysis is when you're looking at the graphs and yeah. you're looking at um, patterns and highs and lows and trends and things like that. So yes. yeah. um, there's lots of research that people need to do. Yeah. So let's say I've researched my technical analysis has come out good, my fundamentals look good in this company, call it company A. Yeah. How do I go about buying 10,000 shares? I guess like you, you were saying at the start that, you know, um, shares that you don't really own a piece of share on your possession, so the shares he owns are for you. Um, but that's a, a, a separate separate entity altogether. Um, but for me, I, I use a, a few different platforms depending on which shares I want to use. Um, but the main one that I use at the moment is ASB Securities, uh, just because you own the shares and they give you in-depth stuff where you have to pay to use that those kind of in-depth, um, especially with the volumes and all that. Um, you have to pay a, a subscription fee in shares to, to get access to those. And so I, I like ASB Security, but to be honest, Shiazi is is great just because it's low fee, mm. um, and I've tried out uh, different other platforms like I, I have a Hatch account, um, and like the I haven't gotten to I, I guess the the wider markets, yeah, different markets throughout the whole world. 
and we did some analysis and um, run some numbers on di- the different platforms and we won't say who they are mm. but depending on the volume of shares that you're buying it can be better to buy through different platforms eh? because yes, their, their costing structures change so be uh, certainly be aware of that yeah so with these platforms do you have to call up to or do you place an order online no that's old school <laughs> <laughs> um that's very that's kind of what it used to be um and i think it was probably last year the new york stock exchange they abandoned the the use of the call outs any yeah they they basically just get rid of that altogether um so you don't you don't hear that you don't you don't see any more those kind of call outs that you see in the movies where they there was shouts oh i want to buy this i want to buy this <laughs> it's just for dramatic effect yeah it's, movies. It's, well it, it it used to be like that until probably last year so they they totally abandoned that um on the new york exchange the stock exchange um but yeah no you just buy online mm. buy online now so everything is online the transaction times it's relatively fast depending on where you are buying though for example if you are buying us shares you have to change your you have to do a bit of forex um you have to right. change your currency to another yeah yeah so that takes time and forex is foreign exchange so yeah to, that's yeah. right yeah cool uh all right so a big part of my podcast and segments that i do is the this or that yes so it's your turn now sure sure <laughs> you've heard all these other people i heard it. all about it <laughs> it's gonna be difficult yeah this will be interesting i think i can predict your answers though <laughs> although i say that every time and people always surprise me Okay, so you know how it works. I'll yes. give you two options. Quick answer, this or that. Yeah. Uh, okay, spend or save? Save. No question. No question. Summer or winter? Uh, winter. Yeah? You yeah. hate summer. I, I hate summer. Hard. I hate the heat. <laughs> I'm not doing well with heat. <laughs> Sleeping at night's hard. Yeah. Uh, beach or mountain? Mountains. Really? Yeah. No, I hate, I hate the beach. I hate the water. You know that from me not liking swimming. True, true, true. Uh, chocolate versus ice cream. Oh, this is too difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the times where I I kind of flat with you. It, there, there's always going to be chocolate or ice cream. Either or should be in the flats all the Ray, time. Make a decision on this one. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. I like. I guess I like chocolate because you can't eat it all the time. Yeah. It's ice cream. Winter time eating ice cream. Uh, it's it's not as enjoyable. <laughs> we ate so much ice cream. <laughs> we still we? ate so much ice cream during, <laughs> during winter time. And there's always chocolate. Yeah. The amount of gifts we've been given, eh? We've had a cupboard full of chocolate. Yeah. And when you're hungry, it's there. Oh, just, yeah, it's you should so, eat it. So hard to say no. Yeah. Uh, okay, last one. Dog versus cat. Dog. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always... I, I like old domestic animals. Um, <laughs> and you probably know that already because every time there's a cute dog pops up i'll be like oh, oh so good yeah. so cute watching the david Attenborough shows out on oh, sunday yes. and that can be anything yeah uh, any animals you need to have a change go work in a zoo or something ah uh, no i, I actually does once you? yeah once when i was doing like a really really short three-month internship wow. back in taiwan the taiwanese taipei zoo huh yeah i did it for like two months because my original plan was not to be a pharmacist but to be a vet yeah i can see that yeah 
but so it, what did you do in the zoo what sort of work were you doing oh so i was helping out with the research in the butterfly section wow um so just kind of collecting data and all that you just deal with butterflies all day but yeah that didn't work out too well because yeah. i don't like butterflies that much <laughs> you prefer things with fear and then yeah well with some some emotions not just flapping their bloody wings and <laughs> bit of personality yeah a bit yeah. of personality yeah. otherwise nah i can't i can't deal with like non-emotional creatures yeah yeah that's so cool do you think you'd ever change your career i mean we're yeah, in a society now where change of career happens all the time, yeah, like three, four, five times. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. It's like, um, like nowadays, changing career is almost as easy as, I guess, you know, eating chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but in terms of myself, uh, I will probably do it as part-time and doing something else. Um, but... Mm what's that something else i'm not too sure yet mm, nice yeah so you're we obviously run together yes and for the last year we haven't done so much running because you've had a back injury and um something is it on your spine is a disc yeah that's so it's, out a yeah bit? so it's on my lower part of my spine um there is uh just a disc that was touching one of the major kind of spinal cord um yeah it's touching the nerve so there were of... some nights where you were not paralytic, but you couldn't move. You were in pain every time you moved. And I remember we drove to A&E. Yeah. Was it midnight, yep. one in the morning or something like that? Yes. Re- really late. Yeah. And you were just in agony. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, tracing back to your story, it was probably like two years ago. Um, and it was right after when I did a, a trail half marathon. Actually, I, two days after the I finished the race, it was just uh, the agony was it was inexpensive. It was mm. so so painful, um, and I, I guess without yeah, I, I was I was very lucky. You know, you were here, you were there. Um, that's kind of helped me through, and yeah, there are just times where I just feel so miserable, um, and it probably took another six months. So I had like four months off work and took around like another six months of physio for me to kind of get back to my feet and kind of run in a moderate pace again and unfortunately last year i hurt myself again doing gardening this is the problem of all things of all things and you know i was i was out for another another three months um and only just got back my feet again and start running mm. so um i would consider myself pretty resilient but it, it does get to your minds especially this time when i was just like man i should just give up my running because well the, the specialist told me well you shouldn't be running anymore yeah. i was like ah, maybe i should listen to you but hey look you know i enjoy running so much it's such a passion of yours yeah and that's a way you balance stress and and everything else yeah. going on in your life right yeah and you mentioned earlier that you hate swimming but swimming was the thing yeah swimming was unfor- unfortunately the thing the yeah. only thing <laughs> so did you learn any lessons from that that I mean resilience your resilience that i saw was amazing and yeah. the amount of 
complaining that you did, I think I would have done a whole lot more. <laughs> but you you were resilient and you 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 were really positive. But also, did you learn anything from it? Do you think? Um, I guess you just have to take as it is. Um, you know, you can't control a lot of things. Just like that. That's yeah. A lot of things will be out of your control. And so you just have to take one step at a time. Um, a lot of times you can't really, even though you're eager to do um, after, for example, injury, um, you just have to take its time to let it recover. And so that can be your emotions as well. It takes time for it to kind of settle in. It's like if you're going through a breakup, it will be the same. So... You know, a lot of things that you just can't rush. If you want to rush, you're just going to break yourself again. And I don't know if this, if I'm just unfortunate that I get injury this easily. But hey, look, you know, I'll I'll take my time to get there. And I I remember when I first did my my spine, I was telling you that you know it's so difficult. But I really want to go out and run. And I tried to do it a few times, probably like two months in. I was like, oh, man, nah, this is not going to work. Shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah, shouldn't have done that. <laughs> and I'll just push you back even yeah. more. So, so like, that that's the lesson that I learned, you know. You, you just have to let the time to, to heal. Mm, patience yeah, and I'll patience. tell you off if you do get back yeah, no. too early and I have before haven't yeah, I you have, yeah, you have. <laughs> gotta yeah, look no, after you no. but we've got an, an exciting thing coming up we're looking at doing the half in Christchurch half marathon together yes, yeah. and is that on the 11th of April yes correct we better get training I've yeah. been for one run as we were saying before <laughs> so I've got a bit to do less yeah. chocolate more running uh, less chocolate <laughs> but more ice cream just a couple more things before we wrap it up Claire I want to touch on the conversations that may be difficult that you have, perhaps with flatmates and tenants and, and people who you share a house with, how do you approach those situations? So if there's something that is bugging you or something that needs to be addressed, how do you do that in a way that's positive and constructive? Because I know that you have in the last 12 months. I know you've had examples yes. of this. Yeah, so I think it's all about expectations. So your expectations won't necessarily align with their expectation. So that's that's why it makes it so hard. And so I I guess I guess the problem with me is that I'm I'm an introvert and it's hard to, you know, have a conversation with random people about things that they do wrong. Yet you're on a podcast. A public podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm only dealing with this one person in front of me right now, yeah. so it's easy for me to do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I guess in terms of having conversation or a difficult conversation with um, fat mates, a lot of times you just have to get your encu- your encouragement up and mm. just say yes. Whether they will like it or not, at least you have tried. Um, and... You don't have to say it outright saying, hey, look, I don't like you doing this. Really depends on what what situation it is. But if it's very serious, yes, you have to make the point saying, you know, I don't like you doing this. But if it's something minor or something that you're expecting is just a little bit higher than theirs, then 
well, you still own the house. So do it very subtly, saying, "Hey, look, you know, for example, if they don't do dishes, then I'll tell them, 'Hey, look, is that dishes yours? Rather than can you do those dishes? It's not making a a judgment saying that's theirs." But you know that it's most likely theirs, but it doesn't embarrass them saying that's you know it's theirs. It's just a way of wording. Yeah. Do you do you get freaked out or nervous? Oh hell yeah! <laughs> the the previous one I think I was with my my ex flatmates. Um, yeah, that was that was really nerve wracking. I think I was kind of shaking before I went in there and talked to her. But yeah, no, it's a it's a possible outcome, and sometimes. Especially getting into the more serious side of things, you just have to get your your message across rather than kind of mumbling through. But although in saying that, I did mumbling mumble through <laughs> because like it was not a direct like you don't want to make a personal attack. So if there are other kind of excuses that you can use, then use them um, instead of. Like judging on their personalities mm. and you know attacking their mm. their personal choices. I love how you say it's about managing expectations too, because we when we lived together we got on really well, yeah, uh, and we had similar uh, ways of living, but also not everyone is like that, and that can be okay, yeah. But also it's about how how we're working together in the same house, right? Yeah, so it's uh, it's all about kind of adapting. Like it goes back. I'm a very adaptable person, but there are things that I just it will get onto my nerve, and mm-hmm. it, it sucks. And and the message is have a conversation. Ha- just, have a, just yeah. It. So ha- have a conversation that you you think is kind of bothering you too much. And if you go to bed thinking about it, then yes, that's a that's something that you need to address. Going forward, and to wrap the podcast up, do you have any goals around? what's next for you or how you set goals yeah where do goals fit into your life i think it's always kind of interesting with setting goals because for me there's there's always a a a short-term goal and a long-term goal um i never had once without a goal in my life um and and it will be it can be hard for a lot of people that are not regularly setting goals um but for me, I think setting a, a short-term goal is almost like, it, it can be anything. It can be very small. For example, you want to get up at 8 o'clock, um, but you're currently going or well, getting up at 8.30. So that's a, that's a tiny goal. Um, and you always set a goal that is achievable as well, not just something that you're never going to achieve, like buying a freaking limbo or something. <laughs> And yeah, setting goals is is very important because that will motivate you um, to do things that, well, try things that you never tried before or doing things that you know that will encourage your character building and all that stuff. Um, So I think setting goals is, for me, is very important. And I guess my short-term goals right now is um, hopefully from this year onwards um yeah it's it's all about the house right now yeah so it's ho- hopefully you get the house sorted um so maybe later down the track that I can either rent the whole house or do something about it or just even making it tidier is, is great 
yeah, it feels good mm. for myself. Um, and I guess the long-term goals will mostly surrounding, depending on what, what COVID brings. Um, but my long, long-term goal is either just keep on traveling because that's a big passion of mine. Um, otherwise, it will be kind of surrounding, um, I guess, growing my wealth. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Building those shares, that Build, share portfolio. Yeah, share, share <laughs> portfolios. Yeah, but it's it's difficult, though. Yeah. Yeah. As we know at the moment. Yeah, at the moment. Shares are tanking, eh? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, it's February is not, not a good month. <laughs> February plus COVID. Yeah. Well, we've covered so many topics. There are so many more that we could talk about, and maybe we can do another episode. I mean, I know minimalism. Is it is a topic? Oh yes. Travel is a topic. You've got so many stories. You've done. I would love to talk about those things. <laughs> yeah, you've done a pilgrimage in Spain, and you've done all sorts of things. So yes. maybe we can lock that in for another day. But I appreciate your time. You're someone who I learn a lot off, and I really respect, and I can come to with an idea or a problem, and you can offer some really awesome thoughts. So to hear all of your thoughts and focus on you has been really cool. So no, vice you. versa. Yeah. So. Thank you for sharing, mate. Oh, good. Thanks okay, so much. Um, and this afternoon, you're back on the roof, are you? Well, this morning, right after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs>